0: Hey, welcome to episode six of season eight of the Simplify Multiply Show. Yes, this is my podcast and I love doing it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a goofy mood today. So, <laughs> so hey, listen, I have got a King Nowak today and we are gonna talk about his solopreneur executive coaching practice and the choices he's made about how he's running his practice as well as where he is Regarding getting help. And he's got some really unique attitudes that I think you're going to really appreciate. So listen to the nuances underneath of what he's sharing because it's pretty good stuff. All right, let's go ahead and listen in.
1: If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur.
0: Hey there, solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Well, hello there. How are you, my friend, Akeem? It's so great to have you here on the Simplify Multiply show.
2: It's a beautiful morning in Hollywood, Florida. So uh, the sky is blue and I'm, I'm happy to be alive.
0: That's awesome. Well, let's kick the, kick off this episode and I want to get right to it. Right. right to it, baby. Okay. And what I want to talk about is I'd like for you first, uh, as a solopreneur, like the rest of my listening audience, mm-hmm. I want you to talk about your intention on what you wanted your business to look like from an executive coaching standpoint and, and the other work that you do and what you really set out to make for yourself from the standpoint of lifestyle, income, you know, just the overall pleasure of running your own practice and having the things you want, the experiences you want, as well, without having the constant machine of "go, go, more, more" mm. kind of thing. Because I love your approach because it really feeds into lifestyle solopreneur. So why don't we start with that?
2: That was about five questions, Terry Pappy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but l- l- let me start with the back end because
0: <laughs> I'm just so eager.
2: <laughs> the in the circles where I travel. Um, It's always insinuated that unless you make a million dollars a year, you're a sucker and a loser. Mm. And we all, all of you who are listening, and I have gotten those messages. And I like to make money. So I want to be very clear. I'm not a cheap date. I'm a prime offer. I don't discount stuff. And I charge a lot for my services. But where I have landed on this, which is really liberating, I figure if I make about 500000 a year, that's a really good chunk of money. So let's let just be clear. Yeah, no um, kidding. That's a really good <laughs> chunk of money. That's <laughs> enough. And anybody who says you don't have to work harder to make a million is just lying to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm on my second business. So I had one business where I had associates for me at a larger infrastructure. I had a lot more passive income, which was great. But there was also stuff that I had to do that I didn't enjoy doing. I didn't wanna do it anymore. So mm-hmm. saying like mid six figures is fine for me for the lifestyle I want is very liberating. The other, the first business influence, which I've since sold, I, I was blessed to be in a mastermind group in New York Well, at the time before I started with some really successful small business owners. And a, key, a couple of key decisions really set me up to be successful. And one was, because I did want to have associates, so it wasn't called Akeem Nowak and Friends or Akeem Nowak and Associates. Mm-hmm. I gave it a name that was bigger than me. I wanted it to be a big international business. Interesting. So, so I decided to not give it an English sounding name. And the name was actually called Influence, which is the Latin origin of influence or influencing. And I think that helped with attracting, the, the intention was to be global, the name was not Anglo. And on many, you know, this is how spirit and energy works. I think that was a good starting point. And the, the, the last thing, and I hope we get into this deeper, Terry, was the biggest fear I had on the thing all solopreneurs have is that the business is gonna eat us alive. Like we're gonna work really hard. We're gonna be working on weekends. We're gonna burn out. And I made this decision before I ever made a penny or had a single client, which is I want to have somebody who actually runs the day-to-day operations for me. I've called her or him, my relationship manager. And one goal was to as quickly as I could earn enough money so I could hire that person because I didn't want to burn out. So those I'll stop here, but those were some key upfront decisions that, that served me well in the long run.
0: So when you started, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, So when you started this latest iteration, the work you're doing now, Mm -hmm. what were some of the other aspects around the intentionality that you wanted it to look like that might be a little more specific?
2: This was all before COVID, but I realized that most of my work I could do virtually the reason I sold my first business about 70% of that was in-person training programs. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody's been coached last year to take that stuff online. I loved the in-person work when we did it, but I didn't want to do it anymore. So I wanted to free up that space. And, and I, I believe spiritually speaking, the moment we let go of something, we create a vacuum that the universe wants to fill for us. And sometimes I fill it intentionally, I'm very strategic, but sometimes it's just, okay universe, you know what wants to show up here? So I wanna have space for emerging content. The, The newest offer that I was pursuing, which prompted me to do the new business was doing virtual mastermind groups, which I really love. And I love them because I mentioned my first business, that's what really set me up and i realized i could do it via zoom and the new business was a container for that for my executive coaching and i continued with the relationship manager i had so i had a person in place leandra who was great so but it was it was leandra running the business she was at a 25 hours a week salary and me doing the work i was doing And I would occasionally supplement with other people that I need, but I I let go of the idea that I have associates who are going to do other workshops, other programs for me. And don't get me wrong. It's a great business model because I had it for 14 years. I was just tired of it. Like Mm -hmm. I I did, I didn't want to manage those relationships anymore.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I think that you kind of have to go through, you know, when you're in business, you kind of have to go through the, the, Ugly things that you later determine are really just not necessary or not what you want. And I, yeah. I get a lot of clients, um, speakers and consultants slash trainers in particular. And and this is obviously before COVID. I started seeing this. And they'd been doing this for at least five or more years, some of them 10, 15, 20 years, right? It was pretty long careers. Mm-hmm. And they were tired of living in airports and on airplanes. Yeah. And, and they just wanted to work smarter and have life be easier. And that just fed into, you know, what I've refined as my brand around uh, Lifestyle Solopreneur because it yeah. really is. That's how I want to run my business. I want it to be at an income level that I feel comfortable with and I have the ease and freedom to do and make the choices I want to make. And and that to me is bliss. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Hallelujah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like the way you were talking about intentional openness <laughs> to the universe. Well, I like that.
2: Uh, another word that popped in. Um, I was thinking like what what motivates me to do the work I do and and what sort of channel for my work do I like best. And for me, one of my currencies is intimate intimacy, I like intimate Ooh. work with my clients over speaking to a thousand people where i'm i'm on stage and i may get paid really well for it uh but i don't have the same intimacy of connection so when speaking opportunities show up i happily take them but i don't chase them Mm -hmm. it they they don't make me as happy as the other work that i do Uh, and that helped that that you know and because you know how how some speakers really chase the speaking opportunities and it's a whole other um pursuit that can be wonderful but I realized just for akim and I'm a good speaker you know I, I I've done a lot of speaking it's just that's not what I'm pursuing and I happily do it when it shows up
0: yeah and I just want to point out to my listener some of the <laughs> undertones and and the depth of what my guest akim is sharing because in the second episode of this season I talked about pick what gives you the most joy in your business mm-hmm. and delegate yes. the rest. Yes. And and he just, you know, covered that. So, you know, how what does that show up for you in your life, to my listener? And so these, these are the kind of things I want you to start looking at, because that's what's going to make it easier for you to offload what you need to offload and just make different choices. So if you're a, a solopreneur who doesn't like social media, don't do it. Find yeah. other ways to find the people that you are looking for. Not every business problem is solved by a marketing tactic or a new channel. Most business problems are really personal problems that are just manifesting in the business. And I gotta give Chris Kenny credit for that. <laughs> so well, well, go the ahead. I,
2: I wanna jump in because all of us are bombarded with certain menus of the things that we should do to grow the business. Right. And most of those menus have really good suggestions in them and good tactics, except some of them, I just don't friggin' want to do them. (laughs) And and, and what I'm learning as I get older, it doesn't mean I'm a bad boy, it doesn't mean I'm stubborn, (laughs) I'm obstinate, I'm a rebel or self-sabotaging, God forbid, no. (laughs) It just, I don't want, that's great for somebody else, but not for Achim, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And the moment we give ourselves permission To do that, then I want to relate it to what you said, Terry, then if there are other things that bring us more joy, fully commit to those because that's the joyful path to success rather than the tortured path to success. Mm -hmm. And that's really important what you just said.
0: Thank you. So let's peel back a little bit more from the standpoint of, okay, we found what makes us joy you know, what brings us the most joy in our business. We've decided, like, where we want to be, lifestyle, income, mm-hmm. the kind of infrastructure as far as our the little, you know, parameters and boundaries we, we are choosing for our business and how we want our business to express itself. When it comes to delegating the rest, the non-joyous <laughs> activities, what are some of the things that you did to really uh, – you already talked about having a relationship manager, which I – you know, because you wanted to create that mm-hmm. – that high-touch brand experience that was very, you know, white-glove, caring for your clients in such uh-huh. a, you know, way. Plus, it also positioned you as, you know, kind of this higher brand, higher quality, higher experience. And, and I think that's brilliant. So having that role filled – but there are other things that I know, because <laughs> yeah. I know you, that you definitely didn't want to mess around with, not be, from lack of skill set, but just lack of interest, like you said. So where where, and how did you make choices about those things? You know, like your mm-hmm. marketing or website or mm-hmm. your new podcast now.
1: Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment.
0: Are you feeling so burdened with busy work that you're not getting the important stuff done in your business? Well, as we're uncovering in this season, you don't have to do everything. As a coach once said to me, the thing must be done, but it doesn't have to be done by you. The great thing about making decisions about how you run your business is that you can choose what to do yourself and what to automate, outsource, or eliminate. But if you're not sure where to start, let's talk it through together. Book a call with me at pappychat.com, and I will help you clarify a plan on how you can get the help you need. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. Let's get you focused on what gives you joy through expressing your 1,000% and offload the stuff you don't wanna do so you can make more runway for your business to grow.
2: I'm a great believer in not doing anything alone. But the the thing I had to figure out first for myself, I, 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 I originally came out of the arts. I was a professional theater director and acting coach for 12 years. I was blessed to be working a lot, but I was always poor. So to do some of these things, which are investing in our businesses, mm-hmm. you know, the, the first door we need to walk through is the door of earning more than we actually need to meet basic needs so we can invest. So the decisions around where do I wanna play? One decision I made, I wanna be revenue wise in, in terms of what I charge for my services in the top 5% of my industry. And, and then the question is, Well, who the heck are you to charge that much money? Like why, what entitles you to do that? And that was an interesting question. In my case, I'd made the decision before I wrote three books and did all these other things that entitle me to charge that. But if I want to play there, um, what does it mean to be an authority? And, and am I willing to do that? So the, so that that's the background to then getting all the help that we need. And this is what everybody has to figure out who, who hires Terry Pappy because we can wing it on our own, but why would we do that when Carrie can make it easier, more enjoyable, and more successful? Right? Um, I had a I've had a business coach for fifteen years, the same woman in New York. So that was an investment. Uh, Kathy knew every in in and out of my business. I can't imagine not having done it, having done without her. I've always had people help me with websites and social media presence. Different people at different times. Um, because I've had two businesses and one was I successfully sold and my current business believe best before each business I learned is I do the upfront work to properly understand where I fit into the competitive landscape. I do my homework. For each business, I was in a mastermind group for one year before I launched to make some basic decisions. And because I worked my first business, second business, I said, you know what? just uh, invest some money. And I spent a good chunk of money to work with a mastermind mentor. And that helped me figure out the stuff and helped me especially look at what what was I afraid of when it came to launching mm. this. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I launched my current business, Brilliant Best, that fear was gone because there are things I didn't know. The biggest fear from me was how do I enroll clients for a mastermind uh, that costs $12,000 a year it's for six months, 24000 a year? It's like shit, you know. I I believe I deserve to play there, and so I learned techniques and tactics that I hadn't used before when I was selling to corporations. So all of these things were helpful that preparation, and I shamelessly emulate successful people. So let me let me just tell the story. I, I'm, I'm about to launch a master a podcast, my fourth act, and uh, I did a photo shoot last year with a really fantastic photographer in New York called Mark Thompson. And he just launched a podcast. And he, I mean, he does this for huge global entities. He created this great trailer, 45 seconds. And I said, I want exactly what Mark has. You know, I want what Mark has. But then the interesting part was, this is my old conditioning, Terry. My old conditioning was, well, let me call my friends in Fort Lauderdale to see if I can find somebody who will do cheaply what Mark does. This is really my old conditioning. And then it was like, ding, if you want what Mark does, you pick up the damn phone, you call Mark. And and if he's too expensive, you say no, but if you want Mark, you call Mark. And I called Mark and he's not cheap, but I I could afford Mark. And this was still my old conditioning as a, soul, as, a as a business owner. I said, well, I'm gonna talk to, to Mark, but I'm gonna see if I can talk him down on his price. And then I thought to myself, I said, excuse my English, I said, fuck this shit, he deserves to get his fees, just like I deserve to get mine. I'm not gonna be an asshole and try to talk Mark down. I'm gonna pay him what he's worth. So I'm in the middle of working with Mark on this. So I I avail myself of help, and I simply look at who are people are admire, what are they doing? Anyway, I'll stop here. I could go on forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I love and I sen- and I sense and I hear the the passion in that be- and what you you are Mark's ideal client because you have yeah. those attitudes. Yeah. and and that's rare. But it takes someone that has made the choices that you've made about what they're up to. I mean, I went through the same thing when I did my first brand mm-hmm. shoot investment, and it was it was four figures. Uh, yeah. To do a, a, a brand shoot with Shannon Confair. And I felt like a different person after it was done, after I saw how she captured me. And it was like I was stepping into this future me that, like, this mm. more powerful, more elite, more. And it was just the way she did it. And she's brilliant. Yeah. And I still use those images today. I mean, it was only last year anyway, but. Uh, it, it's, it scared the crap out of me because I, I'd always done my own photos. I mean, I'm a creative. Mm. I got an awesome, awesome camera and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But let me tell you what. This girl showed up and showed me in a way I'd never looked at myself. Yeah. And since it's all perceptual, of course, right? So it yeah. takes someone who can use their expertise to really create some new possibility when you're ready to level up. Mm. And I, that's exactly what you did. And, and I love that story.
2: (laughs) And I I want, I want to draw one more distinction for our listeners when it Mm. comes to people we hire. Um, and this is not a right or wrong. This is just the decisions I made because it's very easy to get great virtual assistants these days. and, 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 and those are wonderful. I have friends of mine who have great virtual assistants, uh, I realize i I'd like to have a sustained partnership with the people that I hire. And I've learned that I'm a really good boss and I'm proud of that. Like Leandra was with me for eight years. There's a guy, Danny, who's with me for four years, for six years before that. Uh, and that, that partnership with somebody that you know really well, who knows every in and out of your business, who's invested in your business and your success, and who is also growing on the journey with you. Is personally mm, like satisfying that. for me, and I have a fantastic new new fellow Yugo, and I just think he's going to be with me for a long time. Uh, and then then letting letting those who've been with me go to both both my last two while working with me went back to graduate school. They got a degree. They pursued another passion. That makes me incredibly happy that that happened.
0: You know? Yeah, I love that, and that's that's such a wonderful attitude. And I think so many solopreneurs. They don't have the experience of being a, a owner leader mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. their virtual help. And I think sometimes we get we get stuck in a weird, I don't know if it's a misunderstanding or just not really knowing how to function when we have someone who's not a full time employee in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this person is is perhaps doing work for three, four or five other people. Correct. And you almost feel like you're, okay, asking too much or not asking enough or not giving enough. And so there's all kinds of stuff that can come up around how does the solopreneur really treat this individual. And I love the partnership approach because if you get a good person with really good skills who's willing to help you grow your business or take it on the journey you want it to go Mm – then you want their contributions, you want their ideas, you want them to give you a a little pushback when you're wanting to do something that you think is great when they may know, you know what, that really is not gonna work. (laughs) You know what I mean? I love that.
2: And I'll tell you a little story. When I sold my first business Influence a little over two years ago, I I sold it to a psychologist from Miami who had been in my business for 13 years. I knew him very well. He's very gifted in many ways but I'm generous in how I pay people and Robert is cheap, you know? So what he did to find the next person, you know, he, he did a little search, which is great um, on, on, a, on a site. He he demoted the title. He called it executive assistant, not relationship manager. He paid the person less. He treated her and he found somebody really good. He treated her, more low, like a, a, quote, parentheses, lowly employee.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And a year later, she's gone. Yeah. You know, he, he never saw her as a partner. And uh, I hope the point is clear. So,
0: yeah, it, it totally is. And, and I think that, you know, everyone, ha- <clears throat> excuse me, everyone has their own attitude about how they spend money mm-hmm. and worth and value and all that. And I really believe that those patterns of thinking is what creates the success or lack thereof. Yeah. And I know I work with a lot of, of my clients will come in with certain types of thinking that really needs to be shifted mm-hmm. because they're bringing it from a past experience that has nothing to yeah. do with what they're up to today. So it's, it's a really interesting uh, you know, kind of topic to get into, and, and it's a deep psyche topic as well. But there's, okay. there's some behaviors around money that just are impossible <laughs> to shift for people. And that's why the, the certain people get certain clients and certain people get other clients as I, well as help.
2: I, let, me, let me add one more thing because this was a – even with the people who moved here a long time, like the, the last frontier was. To give them full access to the business checking account to see exactly how much was in it or sometimes how little. I pride myself I always paid everybody's salary on time. But there'll be moments when I, I Akeem, was ashamed, like the cash flow sucked this month. (laughs) And I I didn't want to freak him out, but the shame was really about me and not about them. And the moment I gave Everybody has access to this now. My accountant can see, it, has access to it, and my and my relationship managers do. Uh, but conversely, what I do is, is when we have good years, and and we've had really consistently good years. So the. Um, and Hugo, I just hired, and I said to my friend Leandro, I said, Hugo doesn't know yet. He's going to get a bonus for Christmas, you know, because I, I, I like to do that when, when he is responsible for us doing well and and I don't have to hoard my money. There's more abundance in 2021. Oh, I love that. Attitude. And why the heck wouldn't yeah. I share it with him when we've had a good year? But but this this was Akeem's psyche around money, and I had to completely let go of control and thinking that I had to guard that from other people.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely a, a level of maturity that many people struggle with mm. and, uh, you know, for for good reasons, you know, whether it's a past experience, they got burned or they just yeah. are insecure. Um, but yeah, I, I get that. You know, this has been a great conversation and this is why I wanted to have you on this particular season, Akeem, because your attitudes about how you're running your business and just all of the things we covered is so appropriate for my listener. So I'm very grateful that you are here today, and I appreciate everything that you do for me and our relationship, and I wish you all the luck with your 4th Act podcast.
2: Thank you, my friend. It was great fun to speak with you.
0: Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply.
1: You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.